We sit down and collaborate and work together on a program that will allow my lawyers to have access to the members. What events are we going to be involved in? What education programs can we run for your members? How do we get your members in our doors so they feel really comfortable with the Holman Web brand? Welcome to Professionally Challenged, war stories from leaders driving change in law firms. Your hosts are Rob Patterson of Parkins Lane Consulting Group and Paul Evans of Toro Digital. On today's episode of Professionally Challenged, we're chatting with Adriana Giametti, the Chief Marketing and Corporate Relations Officer of Holman Webb. Adriana has been with the firm for five years and comes from a very interesting background, including being a commissioning editor with the Thomson Reuters Group and a publisher with CCH Australia. She was also a tax lawyer with Hall & Wilcox, a tax consultant with EY, and prior to joining Holman Webb, Adriana was the Director of Marketing and BD at Kerwood's Lawyers and the Director of Marketing and HR at Wadden & Carney. So to kick off... Adriana, can you please tell us a bit about Holman Webb and your role at the firm? Yeah, so Holman Webb, it's pretty much a mid-tier firm. We have offices in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide and Brisbane. And I think it's just a little bit of a unique firm in the sense that around 60% of our partners have all been in-house. So you'll find that the way that we advise clients has a distinct commercial flavour. I've sat in meetings with our partners and heard them ask questions of clients that I've never heard lawyers ask before. And that's only come about because they've been in a corporate, they've been in-house and understood some of the real, you know, difficulties and challenges you face when you've actually been in-house. And that gets passed down to all our junior lawyers. So they're getting trained in a very unique way. And my role here is to assist the partners in maintaining great relationships with their clients and also finding strategic ways to develop new business. What do you see as the future of marketing and BD in the legal profession? I think in the future we'll see a lot more BD people going out with lawyers. So becoming client-facing? A lot more client-facing. Mm. I think that's already starting, mm. but really I think it's just going to end up becoming the way we do business. Yep. Do I think it'll essentially move to a, we will move to a space where we just have business developers going out and bringing in business? I'm not sure that's the future. Yeah. You know, really it's very technical, mm. the information that we need to understand. And if you have... A lawyer that's also a business developer mm-hmm. at the same time. They've mm. worked in the, in the legal sector in that particular field yep. and then they become a business developer maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. You could probably go out and be solo client-facing. Mm-hmm. But to come in as a business development professional that's worked in other sectors, mm. I think it's a bit challenging. It's, mm. it's very, very, you know, you need to have a law degree to be discussing a lot of the information that you're going to be discussing with clients. Yeah. So there'll always be a requirement for a, your lawyer to be there with you. Mm. So what value then can someone who doesn't have a law degree yep. bring to the table, do you think? Well, I think even just the fact that we're particularly trained in 
behavior. Mm. We've definitely got a high IQ. As a result of that, you know, we have the ability to, even the fact that we're going out with the solicitor Mm -hmm. gives them some level of comfort. Mm. They'll know that when they go into that meeting, Mm. we're going to ensure that the dynamic is there. We'll make sure the energy's right. Mm. You know, we just lift, Mm -hmm. lift the conversation. And we also have got the ability to discuss other aspects of the of the business. Mm. So it's often opportunities. Yeah, because yeah. a lot often solicitors will go in and discuss their particular practice area mm-hmm. and the client will be discussing challenges and issues that they're facing mm. and they'll forget to say, oh that's great. Well we actually have a workplace relations team as well that yep. can mm. so so the cross sell doesn't happen mm. as often mm. when a solicitor's going in on their own. You'll find that cross sell will take place when they've got a BD person with them. Yep. So, so the BD person almost helps triage Correct. the client's needs. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Okay. And I think also the, the BD person's better at promoting the firm and promoting the lawyer themselves. I mean, you, it's very uncomfortable as a solicitor to sit there discussing how great you are. Yeah. It's a lot easier when you have your business developer there next yeah. to you doing it yeah. for you. Right? Yeah. And would the, as a, a BD person, would you be doing some of the research and some of the preparation work? Yeah, absolutely. To sort of prep the lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. Let them work on the billables and, yeah. mm. you know, we'll, we'll worry about that side of business and then you brief them on everything and, and go out and see the client, potential yeah. client. Okay. And do you have um, would you, like an after action review? Would you then sit down when you get yeah. back to the office and sort of debrief with the Correct. lawyer? Correct. That's absolutely what you would do mm. and then work out, strategically what you'll be doing next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good approach. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really important approach though, isn't it? Because as you point out, and, and lawyers are remunerated around their specialty or their area of law. So, yeah, so that strategic approach, someone having an overarching view, okay, where to from here? And yeah. it might be in that discrete area of law, but it may well also bringing other people in to collaborate around it. And that's exactly what we found. I mean, mm. I've been to meetings and mm. come back and the lawyer I went with didn't receive any work, but, <laughs> but another group did. Yeah, and, okay. you know, it's all, you know, we all work for the same firm and mm. there's no real silos here either. So mm. we, you know, everyone's helping each other build their business. Yeah, and you have a law degree. Mm-hmm. So do you think in, you know, in the spirit of candour, do you think that that is, a, is an advantage when you are going out with lawyers to see clients or in-house counsel or... Yeah, I think it helps. I think it, it does lend itself to lawyers feeling a lot more comfortable with you going out with them. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is I wouldn't... Ne- you know, everything that I ask the lawyers to do here, I've done myself. I yeah. was a big business developer when I was a tax lawyer and liked it so much that I became a business <laughs> development specialist. But, you know, I would never ask them to do something I haven't done already. Yeah. How would you compare, say, the approach that Ernst & Young, a chartered accounting firm with, say, Holman Webb or Hall & Wilcox or another law firm? Is there a, a fundamental difference in approach in terms of business development? Yeah, I, I think the accounting firms are definitely more progressive, especially yeah. the big ones. Probably the leaders, mm. we would say, yeah. in business development. We're following suit. The legal profession is probably catching up quicker than it has in the past. Mm-hmm. But it's about changing mindsets and yeah. it's about, you know, leadership from the top. If you have mm. someone leading from the top that's 
promoting a, a strong business development culture amongst the firm, you'll find that business developers are given the opportunity yeah. to show how they can really add value to the business. I think that's what we found. I found working at Home and Web was that from the beginning there was a belief that business development's really important and you know, we trust you and yeah. we're going to follow your suit. So help us out. Yeah. And it's worked pretty well for us. You know, I've been here a really long time. <laughs> the turnover is normally 18 months, I think, in my role, but uh, not my particular role, yeah. sorry, in my profession. And, you know, I've been, we've been here for a long time and I think it's a testament to the firm and its mm. culture and it's, you know, the partners here give the executive team the ability to make decisions mm. and to assist them moving into the future. It's a really interesting insight that, you know, Paul and I were talking about this a bit earlier on. Very often firms will come at growth from two different angles. There's, you know, there's, and there's a few firms in this category that their, their main focus is clearly inorganic. You know, it's more about mergers and mm-hmm. lateral hires, whereas other firms, it sounds like your own, have got more of an organic approach and that business development approach, which does require a very different mindset and it certainly does require a lot of support from the managing partner or the CEO down. Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of disruption at the moment. Mm. And to be fair, I think you need to really focus on getting your rainmaker versus grinder type of scenario right. Mm. Because if you don't have enough rainmakers and you're not big enough, you're probably going to have to merge. If you're, you know, you've got that ratio right, you're probably going to do okay. But there is such a desire and a need at the moment to have more rainmakers. What I love is watching the junior solicitors and how different they are Mm. to to sort of that that older generation of solicitors (laughs) because they're really open to business development. They're really Mm. keen. They understand that that marketing BD don't just make documents look pretty. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a real understanding there that we're here to help drive your business. We're here to help you mm, create develop your develop and develop mm. your own practice. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay. Do you think that in part might be through your recruitment as well? Is it something you would focus on as part of your recruitment? Yeah, I think partly focusing on the recruitment is really important. Mm. Some people just will never be a business development Mm. focused lawyer. They're technically maybe brilliant and that's that's their strength. But I think you need a balance of the two and I think Mm. you need a balance not only in partners but you need a balance in the junior lawyers as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. So it sounds like you also have a really important role in mentoring and coaching the lawyers yeah. in terms of business development and marketing. Is that a fair call? Yeah, absolutely. That's my favourite part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, without giving away any trade secrets, what sort of things would you do with, with the, the lawyers? Do you, is it sort of separate breakout sessions or is it more learning on the job? How do you? I think learning on the job is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, taking them to events with us. Yeah. You know, my CFO, Magda, and I, we often go networking events for the firm and We've built quite a profile outside the firm as well, Mm. so that's been really beneficial for us in terms of being in a position where we're invited to good networking events and we can bring along our junior staff. Mm. And we'll Mm. often use that as an opportunity to to sort Mm. of throw them into the fire, but, you know, they learn pretty quickly. (laughs) 
So you mentioned on the Lawyers Weekly podcast last year that if you don't have an entrepreneurial spirit, you probably need to find another job Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because you need to think like an entrepreneur to be a lawyer these days. Yeah. Pretty bold statement. It is bold. Yeah, I agree. You agree? Good. Uh, Um, Look, I think there is room for, like I said, some grinders, mm. but the majority will have to be rainmakers. But how do you see like the marketing and BD team or even the whole shared services team helping them become more entrepreneurial? Well, first of all, I think universities need to Mm. lift their game. I spent a lot of time when I was commissioning at Thomson Reuters and as a publisher Mm. at CCH Mm. dealing with all the law faculties. And I didn't see a heck of a lot of interest in teaching lawyers all the soft skills that they required. Mm. Things may have changed now, Mm -hmm. but... Certainly that wasn't happening before. And I would often have solicitors say to me, I I didn't become a lawyer to be a salesperson. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. (laughs) Haven't we all? (laughs) So so all that needs to be factored in to, I think they should have a special subject called professional services marketing that you, it's compulsory when Mm. you're a, Mm. when you're studying either accounting or, Mm. or engineering. Yeah, I agree. Or law. I guess there's so many people that are coming through law school now that don't become lawyers. lawyers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It seems to be a growing trend. But, you know, they can't get jobs as lawyers. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the reason I really am promoting an entrepreneurial spirit for solicitors is because it gives them freedom as well. If you're unhappy in a law firm, mm-hmm. you don't really have much scope to move to another one if you don't have a portable practice mm-hmm. or if you don't have a profitable practice you can take along with you or some really good clients you can take with you. So my recommendation would be to allow yourself to mm-hmm. have that ability to move quite easily, mm-hmm. build yourself a strong practice. Mm-hmm. And that will require you to have an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, certainly mobility. If if you know, if you're wanting to be mobile, you certainly need to have a, a decent practice. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we are reviewing partners to join us from other firms, mm. I'll do a due diligence on mm. their practice mm. along with the CEO here, and the you know we we get together and we you know the mm. client side of their business will be. Mm. Assessed. Yeah. So if there's obvious sort of selling yeah. opportunities and yeah. yeah. So changing tack a bit, I'd love to get your thoughts on something. It's uh, pretty obvious from your website that you've spent a lot of time and it's an important part of your marketing strategy, um, that, and that's that you've built partnerships with other organisations. The Two that caught my eye were Holman Webb's sponsorship agreements with the Association of Corporate Counsel and the Entrepreneurs' Organisation. Could you tell us a bit more about these? The Association of Corporate Counsel, you know, for us that's our target market really, mm-hmm. in-house counsel and general counsel. So, you know, working with the team at the ACC has been really beneficial for us. They have a really good understanding of what's required to not only just be a partner, but to to really grow our reach within to their membership base. Mm-hmm. So we've worked really closely with them on developing a program to get us more profile and more brand, uh, increase our brand awareness amongst the general counsel. Yep. And then the Entrepreneurs Organisation, again, it's, it's a similar thing. You know, that came along because one of our partners 
was in a tech group with someone that mm. was in the AI. Yep. And they're really exciting. There's like, it's a global network. There's, you know, we, we pretty much look after the Sydney chapter mm-hmm. mostly. And they're just a very dynamic group of people. Yep. We have probably partnered with them the most in mm-hmm. terms of really forming a strong bond mm. where there's an intense program happening. They have become almost a part of our, you know, we've become a part of their world, they've mm. become part of ours. They're quite clever in the sense that um, they understand how to track very carefully the return on our investment, yep. which okay. is obviously mm, so important, important for yeah. me. And and also they're really good at inviting us to lots of types of events where we can have direct access to the members and build relationships with the members rather than just the people that work for the organisation. And on top of that, they've also helped us form relationships with other strategic alliance partners. Yeah, okay. So such as? We have Commonwealth Bank on there. Accounting firms, yeah. you know, there's there's travel partners, right. there's yeah, uh, there's there telecommunications companies wow. on yeah, there. Okay, so so yeah, it's, the it's and even you know automotive companies, you know. So right. yeah. so it's it's been an interesting ride with the with the AO. Mm. One of the things that often strikes me with law firms and sponsorships is that there's often a very simplistic approach of you know writing out the chair. Getting your logo on a brochure and 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 then expecting a miracle to happen. I think mm. it seems like you've got a much more sophisticated approach to sponsorships. How do you, do you? Is it a campaign or how do you create or how do you make sure that you do get that return on investment? Of this yeah. So initially, before the contract is signed mm. and the money's handed yeah. over, we sit down and collaborate and work together on mm. a program that yeah. will allow my lawyers to have access to the members. Mm-hmm. What events are we going to be involved in? What education programs can we run for your members? Yep. How do we get your members mm. in our doors so they yep. feel really comfortable with the Holman mm. Web brand? It's somewhere where they just, they know where we are, they know that they can, they, they have different touch points within the organisation yep. to make them really sticky. So you, you negotiate the sponsorship package, you don't just sort of take it as given, you'll talk with them about it and sort of work it up with them? Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably part of me have, yeah. having a legal background and having yep. been a lawyer. I, I really do. I sit down and I negotiate fairly heavily with them and come mm. up with a program that just works for both of us because, mm. you know, I want my alliance partners to be really comfortable that they're receiving yeah. great value from us. Mm. Otherwise, you know, they can move on and go to another law firm as well. Yeah. So there's a lot that we we give generously as a law firm, mm-hmm. uh, and my my partners here are, you know, sometimes a little too generous with their time. <laughs> but but you know, it works. It, it swings and roundabouts. We tend to to um, have extremely loyal clientele, and we're really happy about that. Yeah, that's a really great strategy. All right, Rob, uh, over to you with the lightning round. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? I do recall working with someone who used to always say, we're not saving lives, we're not saving lives. And <laughs> and I'll tell you what, that has worked. You know, that, that piece of advice has taken me far in uh, and, and probably helped with my blood pressure on many occasions. So I always pass that on to my staff. If someone knew you really well, what is the one thing they would know about you that others would not? 
Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I quite like McDonald's. <laughs> oh, that oh, shouldn't be, I should be admitting that. Um, but also, oh, yeah, I'm probably something a little different. I'm, I'm really quite into my quantum physics. Wow. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, can't get enough of it. Right. Um, can you nominate another legal industry leader that you hold in great respect that you think we should um, have on this podcast? Yeah, I think Anna Lazinski. She's the Executive General Counsel at L'Oreal and Anna's just a real firecracker. She's she's really pushing change and innovation in the, in the legal industry mm. and uh, she's written a fantastic book. She's certainly someone who I think would have lots of great yeah. pearls to... to uh, to set to, to tell okay. everyone in your podcast. Yeah, great. Cool, cool. If you could lead the marketing role for any company in the world other than Holman Webb, which would that be? <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, the LMVH group, so I could get lots of free handbags. That's the <laughs> <laughs> lots of shoes, handbags, yeah, that's yes. pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, if listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Definitely. Well, thank you, Adriana. Some sensational advice there. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Professionally Challenged. Visit our website at www.professionallychallenged.com and please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, bye for now.